So we're holding in the story that the Al Rebbe found out that his grandson, the Tzamach Tzedek, had been writing his own uh, type of Hasidus, Sherish Mitzvah Satfila, and he gave a question that the Al Rebbe was asked, and Halacha, he gave it to his grandson and his brother to look over and to write their own answers. And they brought their own separate responses to the Al Rebbe. And although the Alter Rebbe was very confident that his grandson was uh, capable of answering halacha shailas, he wanted his brother, Rabbi Huda Leib, to, to get a glimpse of his knowledge as well. And after reviewing Rabbi Menachem Mendel's response, the Alter Rebbe called in his brother privately and he said, Look at what you could accomplish through working hard in Taira. The Alter Rebbe then instructed Rabbi Menachem Mendel that from then on, he should assist his great uncle, the Maril, Rabbi Huda Leib, in answering all the Shilas that uh, was waiting for the Alter Rebbe's response. Now, the Maril reported this incident to just one person, but you know how the saying goes that if you tell one person one thing, he'll keep the secret as well as you did, and one person tells another person, and before you know it, everyone seemed to find out what type of genius the Tzemach Tzedek was. Um, and they, they found out that uh, Rabbi Menachem Mendel uh, should participate in answering Allah Shailas, and the Alter Rebbe even made a bracha on, on learning his Torah, and it spread until basically it was known by all the Hasidim. Now, understandably, the Hasidim began to show Harav Menachem Mendel greater respect than ever, and this bothered him tremendously, especially when he realized that his secret was obviously revealed. Until now, everyone thought, oh, you know, he's a smart kid, but you know, he's not a super genius. But now it was all out there. And in his humility, he wanted to be treated like a, just another guy. On Simcha's Taira, a chassid in, innocently remarked to Reb Menachem Mendel, if after seeing your writings, the Rebbe can make a bracha, thanking Hashem that you're such a Tamil Chacham, why are you surprised that we're giving you so much covet? And it was then that Rebbe Menachem Mendel realized for the first time how this had happened. Meaning, he didn't know this whole time how, the, how anyone found out how smart he is. He just assumed, that, whatever, something must have come up. But now he figured it out. His wife must have shown some of his manuscripts to their grandfather. Right, because they, they were cousins. They're the same grandfather. And this brought about all that had happened since then, uh -oh. and agonized beyond words that his secret was now public knowledge and now he can no longer pretend that he's a regular person. So he approached his wife and he painfully said, I don't know if I will ever be able to forgive you for giving out my writings against my strong desire to remain unknown. And since the words I just said expressed my strong pain over your giving my writings to our grandfather, I don't know if we're allowed to continue living together as a husband and wife because I'm so angry at you. If this is the actual halacha, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give you a get. We're going to get divorced. And Revitz and Chayamushka, as we know, they didn't get divorced because she became Revitz and Chayamushka. She replied that, listen, I grew up 
being taught that you have to listen, that listening to your grandparents is even a greater mitzvah than listening to your parents. Because your parents also have to honor your grandparents. Now, in such a case, she asked, when their grandfather, the Rebbe, told her to bring him some of her husband's papers, what was she supposed to do? She, and she added, especially since you can't forget he's also your grandfather. You're making it sound like, oh, I gave it to my grandfather. He's your grandfather too. And that means you're also obligated to obey him. And he even raised you, so you should treat him like a father as well. He also taught you. You're obligated to honor him like a teacher. So what was I supposed to do? I should have ignored him? Can't do that. And Rabbi Nachem Mendel replied that she's correct. But now I have to review the halacha himself, you know, myself. And he promising to take her uh, position into consideration. Meaning he's still thinking maybe he's going to have to divorce her. However, since he was so upset in any case, like even if she was right that she did nothing wrong, he was so angry, he, he was worried that they still might have to separate his husband and wife. And although Rebbe Zinchayim was, in general, we'll see later in the stories, she was not phased by hard things in life. She, obviously, her grandfather, she grew up seeing a lot of things going on. Um, and she was shattered by the situation that she might get a divorce from her husband. Like, and days and weeks went on with no resolution. Her pain became unbearable. And she would cry to herself in the privacy of her home. After two months went by and, and nothing changed, she couldn't take it anymore and she broke her silence and she went to her father, the middle Rebbe, and she told her, he, she told him the whole thing. And Harav Deiber was completely astounded about his son-in-law, how his harsh reaction towards his daughter, and immediately went to speak to him. And he was hoping that he's going to be able to convince him to change his mind. But after speaking with him, he soon realized that uh, the young man was very firm in his position. That according to Allah, he had no choice but to move out. And that's it. Um, and, and he might have to give her a, uh, a get. Now at that point, Harav Doiber went to his father, the al Rebbe, and told him the whole story. Hoping that maybe he could influence his grandson to change his mind. That Shabbos was Shabbos Hanukkah, Parshas Vayigash. And Al-Tarebbe said a mimer in public. And after the mimer, he gave an expl explanations on the mimer for only this. Remember, we said that Al-Tarebbe would say chsidis for a select group of people in his room. And when everyone was leaving, he mentioned to his grandson, Rebbe Nachemendel, that I want you to stay. And when they were alone, the Al-Tarebbe said, I know you're in the middle of trying to clarify the halacha. However, you're not a good person to try to figure out the halacha because you are noigeya bedover. You are involved in this. Your head's not working clearly to find the halacha. It's going to be too difficult for you to think straight because it's like imagine a rav. If someone's taking a rav to basin and the rav said, fine, I'll sit on the basin. You think the rav is going to rule correctly or he's going to look for any way to, real, to think that he's right? Right? So, he, 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 so it's not right. 
He said, instead, let's review the halachas together. And after all, you know, two nefesh uh, kiss are stronger than one person's seichel. And this way we'll get to the truth. And for the next two hours, they discussed what were the exact words that the Tzemach Tzedek said to his wife. And they went over it, you know, examining it from all sides. And they concluded that Rebbe Nachim Mendel was correct in saying that if a husband says such words because he feels totally betrayed, there is grounds to say that they should separate. And if he continues to be upset, he might have to divorce her. However, the halacha is clear that in a situation like this, there's no reason to feel betrayed and give a get. Meaning, really, he's, he's telling his grandson, you shouldn't be upset about this. In addition, Rebbe Nachman will realize it's not like his wife knew that he wasn't, she wasn't allowed to give his writings to anyone. It's not like she knew it would make him upset. Um, so what is he upset with her about? He regretted his, his uh, decision to even consider divorcing her. Dr. Rebbe then said to his grandson, look, you might still have some hard feelings. So in order to remove the hard feelings, and more importantly, I want you to be completely happy with your wife, my granddaughter. I'm going to set aside, besides for the time we already learn every single day, I'm going to set aside more time to learn with you. We will learn Nikola twice a week, and three times a week I'll review with you my marim that I said before you were born, or that you might have been too young to hear. I'm also going to share teachings that I heard from my teachers with you, Things that I haven't taught to anyone else. And Al-Tarebbe then rested his holy head on his hands. And moments later, he gives a deep sigh. And he says the Pasuk, Neid Katsir. Right, the, the, the Pasuk says you, that you'll plant beautiful plants. Your plantings will grow and blossom. And, and he said it should be fulfilled in both of you. And then the Pasuk continues, Neid Katsir, that it will be harvested away from you. And a person is pain. And he then benched his grandson with a long life. Now Rabbi Menachem Mendel forgave his wife completely and was extremely uh, remorseful, full of regret, that he, for two months, he, he was causing her pain. And he personally presented to his grandfather the remaining parts of his own manuscripts that his wife didn't show, uh, that explained diff other mitzvahs. Again, this all came out to be the Sefer known as Derech Mitzvah Secha. Now, the following Meitzah Shabbos, the young couple goes into the Alter Rebbe's room and Rebbe Tzimchayimushka expressed her deep gratitude to him for uh, restoring the peace and happiness in the home. Each of the additional daily lessons that the Alter Rebbe now started learning with his grandson lasted about an hour and a half. So in the winter, they took place in the evenings after Maitav and in the summer, it was before Maitav at around 7 p.m. Rebbe Menachem Mendel related that after each lesson he would lock himself in his room for six hours and during the first three hours he would go over and over and over again in his head everything the Rebbe said and during the next three hours he actually would write it down on paper. Um, the first hour was spent, he wrote down the lesson in, in one hour and then the, he would spend, he would spend, no, he would spend six hours in his room. The first three hours he spent going over the lesson. Then he spent an hour writing down the lesson. 
And then he spent the next two hours writing his own thoughts about how the lesson uh, took care of other different types of shilas and questions that he might have had in Chassidus or Nikola. Now, moving on, as mentioned, during Tishrei of, of that year, this is talking about 1806, the Alter instructed the Rebbe Nachem Mendel to assist in responding to a lot of the halachas shilas that were being asked of him. And he agreed to do this, thinking that he's going to be able to do this without anyone realizing that he's involved. And this had an added benefit for him, because before sending out the, the answers that he responded to, he would give it to his grandfather to look over. And while the al Rebbe agreed with him a lot of the times, there were occasions where they ended up having a whole schmooze, a halachic discussion about why you said like this, why you said like that. So it's like uh, he gets some extra time talking halacha with the Alter Rebbe, with his grandfather. Um, now, whenever these discussions took place, the Rebbe Nachmendo was thrilled for two reasons. That not only would his grandfather be revealing how deep his knowledge of halacha was to him, but more importantly, he would get a chance to see the Alter Rebbe's enjoyment of, of learning Torah. A few weeks later, once his greatness became public knowledge, the Altarebbe placed additional community responsibilities on his grandson's soldiers, uh, sh- shoulders, and that was to fabring with the young married men. Remember that Semach Tzedek himself wasn't, uh, was, was a young married man. So this involved two roles. First, he was supposed to review the Maimorim of the Altarebbe that, that the Altarebbe said with them. And when necessary, he, instructed, he was instructed to add his own explanations to, to help clarify it. And secondly, he was like the mashpia to teach them the Darkia Hasidis, which included guiding them how a chassid should daven and how the chassid should behave. And he also began to assist his uncle, Reb Moshe, the Alter Rebbe's youngest son, in his community work around that time. Now, while we don't have a record of what Reb Moshe's community activities were, meaning we, we have no record of, of what exactly he did, the fact is, he knew Russian fluently and many other languages. And a lot of times, Ramesha, the Alter Rebbe's son. And many times, he would, speak, he would have to speak with members of nobility, princes and dukes and stuff like that. Very hush of a people on his father's behalf. And one of Ramesha's main missions was to convince the officials to get rid of, or at least change to make it a little better, the Gezerah that, that forbade... Yidin to live anywhere except for in the Pale of Settlement. We said, we learned this a while ago, we spoke about this, that the Tsar made a decree that the Yidin could only live in certain areas. Now, of course, that means that's a disaster because Yidin were kicked out of many towns and cities and you're also stuffing them into one smaller, a much smaller place. Part, it, it, the Pale of Settlement was a huge piece of land, but... It, it still, even that wasn't big enough. So you had, it, part of it was Poland, Belarus, Latvia, Lithuania, Ukraine. And we will continue tomorrow.